Welcome to Firefox News Online, the world's number one internet radio and internet video broadcast. The rules apply. No personal attacks, threats, or hate speech will be tolerated in the chat room at any time. If you commit to these acts, you will be removed from the chat room and your chat will be deleted. Also, if we're using a phone line, the same rules apply. This is a roundtable discussion broadcast, so please, no cross-talking during the broadcast. And finally, the use of media materials is protected by the Fair Use Clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, education, and news reporting. Firefox News Online Productions and the News Division adhere to the criteria of the Fair Use Clause 100% across the board. The views and opinions that will be expressed in this broadcast are that of myself and those who join me, and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of anyone else or this broadcasting service. And now, it's time for Firefox News Online. to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Ladies and gentlemen, the uh, talking points will be available in just a few moments. Uh, I am awaiting the transfer of these talking points uh, to be complete. As soon as they are, the talking points are ready. Ah. And now, America, it is time for Talking Points. The views and opinions expressed in Talking Points are that of the host and the host alone, and do not reflect the views and opinions of anyone else for this broadcasting service. Today, Firefox News Online aired the Senate Judiciary Committee's hearing 
on whether to confirm or not Judge Amy Coney Barrett. I sat here at times in between doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work and watched Democrat after Democrat continued to exert their opinion as to what the Senate should be doing. Vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris expounded on what the Senate should be doing and a whole lot more. What Senator Harris fails to recognize is that these Senate confirmation hearings are part of their job. She made it sound as if they are only there to do what the Democrats want them to do, and that's it. That's the impression I got listening to her before she even asked one question of Judge Barrett. Now, I will say for the record that the uh, stimulus is needed, but until Nancy Pelosi gets her head out of her ass and actually works with the White House and puts something on the table for them to vote on, I mean, let's face it, it's not going to happen. So in the meantime, these Senate confirmation hearings must go on. And if the Democrats are too, well, independently or collectively stupid to even recognize that, then there's a problem. There is a big problem. And I can't sit here and just wonder how long it'll take them to grow a brain cell and realize that constantly reminding everyone of what the Senate is supposed to be doing, what they should be doing in the opinion of the Democrats, and what is their job as senators is a waste of taxpayers' time and a waste of Judge Barrett's time on top of it all. The Affordable Care Act, time and again brought up. Her faith, yes, they, they went after her based on her faith. It didn't even take 24 hours, and they were right on top of it. So what I'm trying to wrap my head around is why these brain-dead human beings fail to understand basic common sense. We, the American people, demand the best from the people representing us. We understand that there are times when the members of Congress, the House of Representatives side of Capitol Hill, do not move swiftly enough or in the best interest of the American people. And it doesn't matter which side of the aisle it is. It happens. But it's the Republicans that are willing to do what needs to be done, but the Democrats are sitting there with a broom handle stuck up their ass, and they can't even talk because the broom handle's coming out of their throat. In other words, they're mute. They don't get it. Nancy Pelosi is the linchpin for stalling, stalling, and more stalling. So the Democrat senators are attacking the GOP ad nauseum for holding these hearings, still calling them illegitimate, illegal, whatever the case is, and leading to you know, constant reminders and so forth. Judge Barrett is showing amazing restraint, absolutely flawless composure. 
in the wake of all these constant barrages of attack, attack, and more attack. Today's hearings proved to be a long day for Judge Barrett, equally as long for the senators in the committee. But I, I need to send a message in my talking points to the Democrat senators in that committee, to the Democrat senators in Senate, period, but more specifically to these committee members on the Democratic side of the aisle. Cut the bullshit. You're not going to get your way. You need to stop pulling this crap and just get down to business. Doing your job, these hearings are doing your job. It's part of your job to be involved in these hearings. And this is not illegitimate. This is not, you know, taking advantage of a situation, blah, 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 whatever you want to put it, however you wish to phrase it. The simple fact is you are desperate desperate little bastards and bitches that don't fucking care about me or any other American citizen. Your only interest is your own agenda and protecting that precious Obamacare that was on rollout the biggest disaster in the history of legislation. Now, far be it from me to tell you your job, but I will. Simply put, you folks in the Senate on the Democrat side of the aisle, have no fucking clue what you're doing. You're so drunk with the desire for power that you expect everyone to bow to your whim and do it the way you say it should be done. Now, I'll tell you something. Between you, me, and the lamppost, America, if it were me trying to figure all this out by myself, it would never happen. But... It's not just me alone. You and I together can put two and two together as to what the Democrats' true agenda is, even though we already know. But let's face the reality. They are stalling and stalling and stalling. Now, I believe Senator Graham, the chairman of the committee, said there is one more day, which means Firefox News Online will have the Senate hearings tomorrow starting at 8.55 a.m., provided I don't have any issues getting things going. It's been one of those weeks. And most assuredly, we will be on the air and going strong. Now, as always, Firefox News Online will not air this on Mixler or on, on Blog Talk Radio, but we will air it on the video platforms. Um, I ask that anyone watching, please send emails to us so we can see what you're thinking. Comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's the email address to write to with your thoughts on the Senate confirmation hearings. And I really do hope you'll avail yourself to writing. Be sure to put in Senate confirmation hearings, whether it's day one, day two, or day three. Um, also, please let us know who you are and where you're writing from. So in the subject line, confirmation hearing day one or day two, and of course, day three after day three is concluded. Any emails we receive, we will sift through them carefully and 
If yours is chosen, it'll be read on the air. Don't make it too long to read. Try to keep it short, sweet, and to the point. One final thing in my talking points. If, for any reason, the day is very long like it was today, the broadcast will be abbreviated starting at a later time and only go for a couple of hours. And since the presidential debate has been canceled, we're pretty much good to go on all fronts, at least I hope. What I see happening in this confirmation hearing process is a bunch of senators who couldn't find anything to attack her with except her faith, her opinions when she was a private citizen, and so forth. This is becoming the swan song of the Democratic Party. They are losing big time in support. They claim that they are going to win the election, but in actuality, they're not going to win shit. And I'll tell you why. Joe Biden continues to do his gaffes, his goofs, his blunders. In my opinion, Joe Biden needs to have a competency test taken, a uh, cognitive test taken, something so that we can find out if he is truly up to it or not. And I can safely say, just by looking at him and listening to him, he's not. Hashtag FFNOP, hashtag FFNOP. Trend tonight's broadcast all over the globe on social media right now. And with that having been said, it is now time, as always, for the rest of the story. All right. We are live, large and in charge, from our studios here in the Hudson Valley. Uh... What I mean by studios, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, you can't see it, but it's my living room. Of course, you already knew that anyway, but what do I know? I'm just the guy with the microphone and a big mouth and a whole whole lot of fun. Ah, what a day this has been. Incredible. Does does the term, does the phrase stupid is as stupid does sound familiar when talking about Democrats? I mean, honestly, them buzzards need some serious, uh, some serious brain matter. Okay, they do. They, they they need they need something because them boys and girls are out to lunch. Okay, they truly are out to fucking lunch, and uh, not for anything. But I feel sorry for I feel sorry for anyone who votes for these fuckheads. I really do. It's like, at what point do the Democrats ever come to the realization that they're fucking idiots? Or maybe they don't. I don't know. It just, it just seems so strange, you know, to, to see a bunch of Democrat fuckheads that just don't get it. So, go figure. It's 
You know what it is? The Senate and the Congress, because of the Democrats controlling the Congress, but the Senate Democrats really don't understand what they're actually getting themselves into when it comes to... um, Hang on a second here, folks. Somehow my, my microphone is not as potent as it should be. I should be just bordering the, the red line. Checking. Okay. I think I got it now. There we go. Now I can sit back more comfortably and not have to be sitting right on top of the microphone, you know, to the point where, I'm, where I feel like I'm going to eat the damn thing for, for a snack. I know my doctor says I need more fiber in my diet, more iron in my diet, but well, that's a bit much. I, I get the feeling that when you listen to these senators, like I, like I did today, and believe me, I, Blumenthal is a fuck-up. He's a screwball. Okay? Kamala Harris, really? You want to be the vice president of the United States? And you're going to do some stupid shit like you pulled today? But it's not just her. Like I said in my talking points, all the Democrats are, are doing the same thing. They're constantly reminding the GOP ad nauseum of, the, of what the Senate is supposed to be doing, their job. In other words, they're telling the GOP what the Senate's job is as if the GOP senators didn't know that already. I mean, come on. It's, it's not fucking rocket science. But these Democrats treat the senators on the Republican side of the aisle like a bunch of children when they're the ones acting like children themselves. I, I begin to question their sanity. I begin to question their ethics. You know, there's a lot that I'm questioning. And if what I'm if what I'm looking at is right, I want to get to this in a little bit. Something the gunslinger posted uh, in the Mixler chat room. Uh, oh boy! Yeah, if I were if I were their boss, they would they wouldn't they wouldn't have a job after after this incident. I mean, that's just insane. But I'll get to that in a few moments. Um, I want to put, I want to play a clip for you, folks. The opening statement by Kamala Harris. Now, Kamala Harris. Um, by the way, the I saw something on Facebook earlier today, where so, where someone actually referred to her as Camel Toe. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one using that phrase on her. <laughs> oh man, I'm just so glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. But um Ooh. I'm take that to the kitchen eventually. Ooh. I'm going to switch my mics here. There. Now the um, the clip in question, uh, again, as I said, this is uh, 
Kamala Harris. Um, and her remarks before even asking one question of Judge Amy Coney Barrett. I mean, she went right into it. But I I took just the opening remarks, because I want you to hear, this is not just her words, but that of her Democrat colleagues. So, here goes nothing. Or to our conversation this evening. Thank you, Senator. Thank you. Uh, before I begin, I, I wanted to take a moment to talk directly with the American people uh, about where we are and how we got here. So we are in the middle of a deadly pandemic that has hit our country harder than any other country in the world. More than 215,000 of our fellow Americans have died and millions more, including the president, Republican members of this committee, and more than 100 frontline workers here at the Capitol complex have been infected. This pandemic has led to an historic economic crisis, causing millions of workers to lose their jobs without warning, and 12 million Americans have lost their employer-based health insurance. The Senate, I strongly believe, must be and needs to be laser-focused on you, the American people, to help you get through this pandemic. To do so, the Senate urgently needs to pass critical financial relief for those who are struggling because of this pandemic, and many are struggling. People need help. They need help to pay their rent or mortgage. Parents need help putting food on the table. The millions of American workers who have lost their jobs need help making it through the end of the month. And small businesses need help so they don't have to close their doors for good. But sadly, Senate Republicans have rushed to hold this Supreme Court confirmation hearing rather than help those who are suffering through a public health crisis not of their making. As I said yesterday, these priorities are not the American people's priorities. Since President Obama signed the Affordable Care Act into law, Senate Republicans' number one priority has been to tear it down. And remember, before the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, insurance companies held virtually unchecked power over our health care system. They could refuse to cover basic medical expenses like maternity care, like mammograms, like prescription drugs, or hospital stays. Worst of all, if you were sick, they could deny you coverage altogether and there's nothing you could do about it. Over the last nine years, Republicans in Congress have tried 70 times, 70 times, to repeal or roll back the ACA in the United States Congress. In 2013, Senate Republicans were so desperate to stop its success that they shut down the entire government for weeks. After President Trump was elected, Washington Republicans spent nearly a year trying to repeal the ACA. But I will always remember the thousands of Americans from all over our country and all walks of life who crowded into the halls of the United States Capitol 
to require that lawmakers see their faces and understand how they would be hurt if there was a repeal of the Affordable Care Act. Brave activists in the disability community staged sit-ins on the Hill. Seniors protested to keep prescription drugs affordable. Mothers and fathers walked the halls with their children in strollers to show Congress the faith of those who depended on the law. And doctors and nurses protested to protect their patients' access to the care they desperately need. Together with many of my colleagues, I joined civil rights and community leaders to speak to the thousands of people who gathered outside the Capitol as they pleaded, as they begged with lawmakers to do the right thing. All of these dedicated Americans demanding that their voices be heard. And they made a difference. They made a difference. History will remember that late night, thumbs down movement when the great, great John McCain denied Republicans the opportunity to repeal the Affordable Care Act. And now, following a decade of failure, Washington Republicans have realized that the Affordable Care Act is working too well and helping too many people to repeal it without facing serious political consequences. But what are they doing? After suffering the backlash they provoked by targeting the law in Congress, they decided instead to circumvent voters and try to strike down the Affordable Care Act through the courts. Right now, the Trump administration and Senate Republicans are urging the Supreme Court to strike down the entire Affordable Care Act and all of its patient protection. Republicans are scrambling to confirm this nominee as fast as possible because they need one more Trump judge on the bench before November 10th to win and strike down the entire Affordable Care Act. This is not hyperbole. This is not a hypothetical. This is happening. And here's what you have to know. People are scared. People are scared of what will happen if the Affordable Care Act is destroyed in the middle of a pandemic. There are more than 100 million Americans with pre-existing conditions like asthma and diabetes, heart disease, who know that they could be denied coverage are charged more by insurance companies if Donald Trump is successful in getting rid of the Affordable Care Act. And because of the coronavirus, more than 7 million people have now a pre-existing condition that they didn't have earlier this year. Those who depend on the ACA are afraid of their lives being turned upside down if the court strikes it down. They know what could happen. And Judge Barrett, I will share with you and the American people a list. No protections for pre-existing conditions. Higher costs for health care for women and people over the age of 50. Young adults kicked off their parents' insurance. More expensive prescription drugs for seniors. Insurance companies refusing to cover mental health care. Insurance companies refusing to cover maternity care. No free mammograms, cancer screenings, or birth control. Insurance companies reinstating annual and lifetime caps. And more than 20 million Americans losing insurance 
at the worst possible time, again, in the midst of a pandemic, including nearly 2 million Texans, 607,000 North Carolinians, 288,000 South Carolinians, 227,000 Iowans, and 4.2 million Californians. And the pain of losing these protections would disproportionately be felt among the 9 million African American, Latino, Asian, and Native Americans who gained coverage under the Affordable Care Act. But this isn't about statistics. This is about millions of real people living real lives who deserve their government and its institutions to see them and to heed their call. And I know a Republican member of this committee said earlier today that the people who will lose health care are somehow not relevant to this hearing. I disagree. Helping these people is supposed to be why we are all here, why we all ran for office in the first place. And I'm here to fight for people like Felicia Perez. And this is her. Felicia is a writer, a public speaker, and former high school teacher from Southern California who now teaches at the University of Nevada, Reno. She has multiple pre-existing conditions, including arthritis, asthma, and a rare autoimmune disorder that caused tumors that have wrapped around her optic nerve and part of her brain. Her life depends on periodic cancer-fighting infusions that cost $160,000 a year. Felicia is terrified. She knows that without the Affordable Care Act, she could not afford ongoing treatment, the treatment she needs to stay alive. And here's exactly what she said, and I will quote. My life is in the hands of people I do not know, who do not know me, who are essentially telling me I don't matter, that my life doesn't matter, that my health doesn't matter, that the day-to-day -day quality of my life doesn't matter. And that's really hard. Tragically, Felicia's story is not unique. Her fears are shared by millions of Americans. The Affordable Care Act and its protections hinge on this Supreme Court and the outcome of this hearing. Before being elected, President Trump promised that every justice he put forward would, quote, will do the right thing, unlike Bush's appointee, John Roberts, on Obamacare, unquote. Now, I'm about to go to my phone lines here at 347-945-5747. Uh, and I've got Gunslinger standing by, so let me <clears throat> say, open sesame. And Gunslinger, how you doing, brother? Gun. Oh, gun. Mike, wouldn't it? Yep. But anyway, 
Yeah, uh, I just yeah, just sitting here uh, listening to this nut cases, you know, like that thing. But this is how every Democrat in that Senate hearing yesterday and today put their stuff together. Oh, and I had a, another another fucking power failure. Power was out for five hours. Fucking shit. Anyway, so this is how the Democrats have been have have been put have been talking basically. They've been. Uh, standing on their their fucking soapbox because they figure well we're going to tell tell them that this is an an illegitimate process it shouldn't be happening before an election blah 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 now we're going to talk about the Affordable Care Act and how every how people with pre-existing conditions are going to be in trouble blah 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 this is what's been going on all fucking day. That and they—they they start. They actually did start attacking her faith. I could not believe the level of stupidity that they were willing to fucking commit to. Okay. But they did. The only thing that I'm not—that I'm really surprised with—is they haven't. Attempted anything like they did with uh, Kavanaugh. They actually have me at a very, they actually have me very surprised that they haven't tried to pull that stunt, you know? Well, you know, as the old saying goes, I said, well, you know, as the old saying goes, as the old saying goes, uh, you ask somebody, uh, like an old cowboy, have you shot anybody today? And then I would respond, the day ain't over yet. So, <laughs> I just wait. The day ain't over yet. This proceedings. So they'll probably pull some some of that shit, okay? You know, because they did it with Kavanaugh. They were just as Looney Tune and insane in the membrane as they was during Kavanaugh's hearings and everything, as they are today. So, they haven't took a nice pill, they haven't took a chill pill, they just have been ordinary son of a bitch. Gunslinger, I can barely hear you. Your audio dropped out. Badly. What about now? Hello. Yeah, now I can hear you fine, but you started trailing off and getting lower and lower. And it was like, uh oh. Well, Skippy that day, Skippy, yeah, Skype, Microsoft, <laughs> one and the same now. What do you expect? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's not. Yeah, you just, just wait. They'll, they'll pull something before before this is over with. There we go. Here, here, here we go again. I lost. I lost you at. at, at after you said Microsoft, Skype, same thing, your audio just trailed off again. Hey, let me just hang up and call back in. Maybe I'll get on another server. Right back. All right. I ain't going nowhere. I'll be here. 
Trust me, I'll be here. But uh, I really hate it when 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 people try to talk and all of a sudden their audio starts trailing off and it's not there and it's nothing they've done. Poor gunslinger is doing the best he can with what he's got. And of course, if you've got Skype like we do, it's a Microsoft product, and they Microsoft can fuck up a wet dream without even trying. But. Kamala Harris did say something in there that, you know, she gave off, she rounded off a bunch of numbers, okay? And I'm like, where did she get these numbers from? And I happened to say that in the chat room while we were listening to it, the uh, Mixler chat room. And Gunslinger, oh, sorry, it's been a long day. I didn't even, even a power nap's not helping. Hmm. Go figure. But, um, you know, Gunslinger even said that, um, I said, I wonder where she she got those numbers from. And he goes, uh, harass? That is where the witch's brain is. I can tell you, I'm not disagreeing with Gunslinger on that one. Uh-uh. So while we await Gunslinger's return, um, one of the things that, that I found also unnecessary is they're constantly pushing her to um, commit to recusing herself when it comes to the Affordable Care Act going up against, you know, going before the Supreme Court. Uh, now, it's either the Affordable Care Act or the election, I, or maybe even both. Oh, sorry. It's going to be one of those nights I could see it. All right, we got Gunslinger back. Let's see if he's got audio. What's up, Doc? Testing one, two, three. Sleepy Joe and Camel Toe. Can you hear me now? So far, so good. You're sounding good so far. You you can tell that that bitch is lying through her teeth, okay? Trump has already stated that people with pre-existing conditions are qualified. They're just put right in under his, you know, is Affordable Care Act, which is a hell of a lot better than butt buddies would ever be, okay? You want to keep your doctor? You keep your doctor, guaranteed, under under Trump. Obviously, it wasn't that way under butt buddy, was it? No. And all these other numbers, that she's, where's the like I said in the chat room, where the hell is she pulling all these numbers out? Out her ass? Well, that's where her brains is, obviously. But look at the, look at the, look at the idiot that you're dealing with. You're dealing with somebody, a Democratic liberal from California, of all fucking places, okay? Uh, Do the two together. (laughs) Go ahead. Well, Gunslinger, I I think that what Kamala Harris is failing to realize is, you know, all of her colleagues on the Democratic side of the Senate 
have been doing the same constant barrage of uh we have more important things to worry about. We, we we should we should be dealing with this instead of this, and they're trying everything they can to get the Republicans to back off of the confirmation hearings, and it's not working. Senator Graham, the chairman of the committee, is not even giving them an inch. Oh, he lets them say what they're going to say. But beyond that, he ain't letting them, he's he's not letting them influence him in any way, shape, or form. He is telling, he's basically telling them without actually saying the words, fuck you, we're going forward. And tomorrow, I believe uh, Chairman Graham said uh, tomorrow will be the last day of these confirmation hearings. And then it'll go to a vote. There will be a vote in the committee, and then it goes to the Senate floor. She's got this. I swear to God, she's got this. I mean, there were more letters of support for her on the Republican side of the aisle than there were on the Democrat side of the aisle against her. And I got to give it up to Senator Kennedy. That old man knows how to make you laugh. But he, he just sat back. He was laid back and just having a grand old time. You know, he didn't jump down her throat. He didn't give her any grief. He asked his questions, and he was polite about it. He showed the Democrats the way you're supposed to treat a nominee. Not like a criminal on the witness stand. You know that old saying, you get more, you can attract more flies with honey than you can with vinegar? Well, that's true. And he sure showed, he sure gave out barrel after barrel of honey. But the one thing that I, 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 I thought was significant today was her, constant, her, her exchange with Blumenthal, where she told Blumenthal... She answered his question. He didn't like the answer, so he asked it slightly different. He, she answered the question the same way, and he still didn't like the answer, and it kept going like that several times over. He even told her I, you know, that, that he didn't like the answer. Well, too fucking bad. That's her answer, and she's sticking to it, dumbass. I'm thinking to myself. And then came the question about recusal. Now I don't remember if it was for the Affordable Care Act or if it was for the uh, upcoming if the election should go before the Supreme Court. I think don't hold me to this, but I think that was for the Affordable Care Act, and they they kept badgering her about recusing herself. Now there is a process, gunslinger, to recuse yourself on the Supreme Court or as a justice in a circuit court. So she outlined that, that, that she outlined it to the Republicans and the Democrats. She outlined it flawlessly, but the Democrats weren't having it. They didn't want to hear what the process is. They wanted her to commit to recusing herself. They wanted her to be their puppet. 
They wanted her to be the puppet on a string, and that wasn't going to happen. You know what I'm saying there, Gunn? This thing about recusing oneself, to me, is pointless when you've already been told what the process for that is. Go ahead. Gun? But, again, uh, what do you expect? I mean, these people are, they're, they're vultures. They're, they're just circling overhead, you know, how a vulture does. Here we Wait. go again. Oh, boy. I don't know what it's doing. It's got to be Skype because I'm talking. I'm almost eating the fucking take a, take a look at your Skype volume settings. See if that switches on for, adjust, for automatic adjustment of your microphone. If that's on, I would turn it off because it's it, 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 it I, I, and sometimes it turns itself on without you realizing it after an update. Microphone, the automatic is off. Where's your microphone at as far as setting? Number ten. Well, something ain't right because you're you're sounding a tinny at times, and be very, very low. You start out fine, and then just go... I don't know what it could be. I mean, it's, everything was, you know... Well, you know what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to put my headset on here so I can actually hear you. Um, there's not much I can do with the audio... From your, you know, coming from you at my end because I've got every, I've got the uh, speaker volume maxed. For, uh, for the listeners to hear you with. Okay. And my headset volume's all the way up, so talk to me, man. So Testing, one, two, three. Testing okay. one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Yeah, I hear you now with the with the headphones, but for some reason, it, it was tra- it kept trailing off. I mean, I hear the trailing off. A little bit on the headset, but it's not. It's not. You know, it wasn't like it was. We'll just keep our fingers crossed and hope for the best. That's all we can do. But what 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 do you think of Blumenthal's constant barrage, getting to try and get her to recuse herself long before she's even confirmed? Well, that's not. Yeah, I mean, why not? Okay. Uh, like I said, they're using any tactic they can possibly do. Think of. Sure. Why don't you excuse yourself before you get on there? You know, just like. It, well, hell, there's no difference between that and psychological warfare. It's the same thing. They're using psychological stuff. Well, why don't you just fucking quit? You know, you know, you know blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's worked for a long time. She's standing, you know, she's standing strong here. You know, like, sticks of stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. You know, the old saying goes. I mean, I got to give this woman a lot of credit. She is really standing up for herself through this whole process. And 
it's it's just amazing what you know what she's been able to to accomplish. Now, one American News did an article on her, and they quoted her in the headline where she said, "You would not be getting Justice Scalia, you would be getting Justice Barrett." Now, check this out, Gunn. This is this is while the Senate confirmation hearings was going on when this was filed at, well, actually before that. No, I take that back. It was during the, okay. I keep forgetting they put, they have it at Pacific time and three hours behind that would be before it happened. Okay. I am right on that one. Anyway, judge Amy Coney Barrett recently dismissed comparisons between her and her mentor, the late Justice Antonin Scalia. During her Senate confirmation hearing Tuesday, Chairman Lindsey Graham asked Judge Barrett what she would say to critics who argue she would rule just like Scalia would. She responded by stating she would rely on the statutes at hand when making decisions and not the legacy of Scalia. She explained... I would say that Justice Scalia was obviously a mentor. And as I said, when I accepted the president's nomination, his philosophy is mine too. You know, he was a very eloquent defender of originalism. And that was also true of textualism, which is the way I approach statutes and their interpretation. Barrett, Judge Barrett also said judges can't wake up one day, decide they have an agenda, and then impose their will on the world. She added, you have to wait for cases and controversies. Similarly to what I just said about originalism for contextualism, the judge, Scalia, approaches the text as it was written with the same meaning it had at the time and doesn't infringe your own meaning. But I want to be careful to say that if I'm confirmed, you would not be getting Justice Scalia. You would be getting Justice Barrett. Now, there was at one point what they brought up in regards to history. Okay? But she fielded the question in the comments about history very eloquently, I think. She said that, you know, the, the and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here because, you know, it, it's kind of tricky the way she said it. You have to look at history when you're looking at everything else, the statutes, the rule of law, and so forth. And, she, and, and, I, and I agree with her on that, you know, that, because from history we learn the basics. Now, the Second Amendment came up in regards to the right to keep and bear arms. And she let her thoughts be known about that. One thing that came up was the Fourth Amendment. Okay? Now, 
for those of you who are not familiar with the Fourth Amendment, of course, if I could do things without my uh, without my screen going completely bonkers, the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution states the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Now, what Judge Barrett said in regards to this, because this was written back when cell phones didn't even exist, when the Internet didn't exist, when, when electronics of any kind did not exist. And I found her response to this quite adequate. In fact, more than adequate. She basically laid it out where, you know, the, 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 uh, the framers of the Constitution uh, did not foresee into the future. They didn't, you know, it's not like they had a crystal ball kind of a thing, right? So when it comes to our computers, to our cell phones, okay, things that are in our possession, in our homes, and on our person, the Fourth Amendment also applies there too. Okay? So, it came up about, you know, data being stored on a server. And I can't remember her exact words on this, so I'm not going to try and quote her. But the, if I, but the way it came off, we still have rights because they still have to obtain a search warrant regardless. And... You know, that that basically says it all right there in a nutshell. Go ahead. Well, yeah, it does say it all in a nutshell. But, uh, you know, like I said, you know, she's she's going to be, that's why Trump appointed her, is because she's conservative. She, you know, she's pro-everything on the right side versus the left side. So... That's why they're flipping out. They're, the, the, the Supreme Court, and she will be, you know, appointed and approved and all that good, good stuff, is totally flipping on them. I mean, it is totally flipping on them now, okay? They've lost their balance. They've lost, you know, it's leaning to the right, which it should, okay? You don't need liberal assholes up there deciding some of the most important legal cases in this fucking country, okay? Sorry. You just it, that don't work too good, okay? Okay, because they're going to lean to their liberal screwball mentality, okay? Just like the rest of them. So, yes, the court should be uh, completely full of conservative people because it's what this country was built on. Was it built on liberalism or democratic liberalism bullshit, leftist and all this bullshit? Uh, no, sorry, it wasn't. It wasn't supposed to be like that. 
No, and 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 straight on. Now, one of the things that came up today, which I thought was completely out of line, Democratic senator asks Amy Coney Barrett if she has ever sexually assaulted anyone. Boy, I'm telling you right now, this this is kind of like you know this creep that that question creeped me out. I'm sorry because of the person who asked the question, and it was Senator Maisie Hirono, a Democrat from Hawaii. Now she asked the question pertaining to an issue that came up quite a bit during Kav- Justice Kavanaugh's confirmation hearing but had yet to come up during Judge Amy Coney Barrett, uh, Barrett's hearing, uh, whether the Supreme Court nominee had ever sexually assaulted anyone. Citing a statement from Justice, Chief Justice John Roberts in 2017 in which he acknowledged that the, that the judiciary is not immune from the problem of sexual misconduct. Hirono said it is her duty to ensure the fitness of nominees for positions that have lifetime appointments. Since you became a legal adult, have you ever made unwanted requests for sexual favors or committed any physical or verbal harassment or assault of a sexual nature, Hirono asked. Barrett replied, no, Senator Hirono. Have you ever faced discipline or entered into a settlement related to this kind of conduct? Hirono then asked her, and again, Judge Barrett said, no, Senator. From there, Hirono began asking questions related to Barrett's judicial philosophy. Now, Hirono noted that she asked those two questions of all nominees who came before committees on which she sits. Kavanaugh's 2018 confirmation process was marked by an allegation from Dr. Christine Blasey Ford that he attempted to sexually assault her at a party while he was a teenager. Other allegations of misconduct then followed. Kavanaugh vehemently denied any wrongdoing and was narrowly confirmed with a vote of 50 to 48. Just a reminder of what Justice Kavanaugh went through during his confirmation. I'm sorry, but if that's the kind of question you're going to throw at nominees, I could understand throwing that kind of a question at guys. But to throw this at a a judge of the for the seventh. For the Seventh District Court to do that to her, a woman asking another woman if she had ever committed sexual assault, be it for, be it physical or verbal harassment or assault of a sexual nature. I mean, holy shit! This question I don't think has ever come up in any other confirmation hearings, but then again, I can't swear to that because, uh, again, this is, you know, this, I I didn't pay attention to these hearings until Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. 
So, I mean, seriously? You're going to ask a woman of seven children, two of which are adopted, a loving mother and wife, if she's ever committed sexual assault, physical or verbal harassment, of a sexual nature, Gunslinger, I hate to say it, but I think Senator Maisie Hirono is a fucking perv. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously, that's, that's, uh, why would you ask a fucking question like that? Okay? I mean, that goes to show you your mind is obviously in the gutter in that situation. Um, this this is I mean it, it's so stupid that they go into these things like this and you know I'd look at him and say man you fucking crazy okay I mean obviously because she can't do that use that kind of terminology but I damn sure would I mean these people. Do they do they stay up at night and just just sit there and write questions? These crazy screwball, perverted questions. What kind of mindset do these people have? And these are Democrats. And this is what your fucking people are going to vote for. You know, any examples like you know, Sleepy Joe and Camel Toe. This is the kind of shit that you won't run in this fucking country. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. How do they even get in there? This is. Back in the day, you know, back in the founding fathers' day, they dragged them some bitches out, and they would they would run them out of town with a pitchfork, okay, or tar and feather them, one of the two, okay. They would not put up horse whip kind of horse whip, yeah, <laughs> anything like that. They would not put up with this kind of bullshit, okay. It was by the book. It was by law, not this. Uh, did you sexually uh, assault anybody? Uh, uh, maybe you maybe you pinched her ass or rubbed her pussy or something. Uh, right, yeah, right. Give me a break. I I could not believe that that she actually went that route, you know, with with Judge Barrett. And hold on. Damn it, I hate these automatic starts. They're a pain in my fucking ass. Especially when I've got the headphones turned up to maximum so I can hear you. Well, there are six key moments. Six key moments from day two of this confirmation hearing. And, uh... I've got them right here. Now, in day two of, of Judge Amy Coney Barrett's Supreme Court confirmation, hearings wrapped up Tuesday evening, ending a marathon session. And believe me, it was a marathon session. It ended just after 8 o'clock Eastern time. In which Democrats pressed the judge on her positions on matters such as abortion and gay rights. As Barrett repeatedly demurred 
citing the Ginsburg rule in refusing to engage in hypotheticals. Oh, that's right. She did do that, and she did that with Blumenthal, too. I almost forgot about that, because he tried throwing, throwing out hypotheticals. They all did, uh, the Democrats, basically. Now, six key moments from this hearing. The first, Barrett impresses by responding to an entire day's questioning without using notes. She showed a, a notepad that was blank, nothing written on it at all. After hours of answering questions on her legal philosophy and recalling her own judgments and those of other courts, Senator John Cornyn, Republican from Texas, asked Judge Barrett about how she prepared. You know, most of us have multiple notebooks and notes and books and things like that in front of us. Can you hold up what you've been referring to in answering our questions? And she held up the snowpad and Cornyn asked, is there anything on it? Barrett cracked a smile. <laughs> she, she cracked a smile and held up a blank notepad that was sitting in front of her. The letterhead that says United States Senate, she responded as, as giggles echoed throughout the room. That's impressive, Cornyn said. Now, the second, the second item, Barrett cites Ginsburg's rule in declining to give her opinion on hypothetical cases. Now, the Senate Judiciary Committee ranking member, Dianne Feinstein, Democrat from California, asked, dur- asked during Barrett's confirmation hearing if she agrees with the late Justice Antonin Scalia's view that the Constitution does not guarantee a right to gay marriage. Barrett's response, I'm not going to express a view on whether I agree or disagree with Justice Scalia for the same reasons that I've been giving. Justice Ginsburg, with her charismatic pithiness, used this to describe how a nominee should comport herself at a hearing. No hints, no previews, no forecasts. That has been the practice of nominees before her. But everybody calls it the Ginsburg rule. Because she stated it so concisely And it's been the practice of every nominee since. Now, Judge Barrett held true to the standard throughout the questions on how she would rule throughout the day. Item three, Judge Barrett says she knew her faith would be caricatured. Democrats aggressively barraged Judge Barrett with questions on hot-button cases that might have stood at odds with her Catholic faith. But she remained tight-lipped. They noted her speaking to anti-abortion groups in the past and signing an anti-abortion letter in a newspaper in 2006. Judge Barrett said she had been trying to avoid looking at her own media portrayal. Smart. Very smart. I've tried to be on a media blackout for the sake of my mental health, Judge Barrett told the committee. 
You can't keep yourself walled off from everything, and I'm aware of a lot of the caricatures that are floating around. Bless you. Ragweed. Thank you. I know how that feels, brother. Believe me. We knew that our lives would be combed over for any negative detail. We knew that our faith would be caricatured. We knew our family would be attacked. And so we had to decide whether those difficulties would be worth it because the same because what sane person would go through go through that if there wasn't a benefit on the other side. Judge Barrett continued to say that the benefit is that I'm committed to the rule of law and the role of the Supreme Court. in dispensing equal justice for all. And I'm not the only person who can do this job, but I was asked, and it would be difficult for anyone. So why should I say someone else should do the difficulty if the difficulty is the only reason to say no? Hmm. Makes perfect sense to me. Of course, I'm not a Democrat. Judge Barrett says she made no commitment to the White House. As Democrats asserted that President Trump nominated Judge Barrett under the assumption she would work to overturn the Affordable Care Act and Roe v. Wade, the judge said she had made no commitment to do so to the White House. Judge Barrett said, I have had no conversation with the president or any of his staff on how I might rule in this in that case. It would be a gross violation of judicial in, of judicial independence for me to make any such commitment or be asked about that case and how I would rule. Judge Barrett says Roe v. Wade is not super precedent. In a first, albeit inclusive sneak peek into how Judge Barrett might handle an abortion case, she told Senator Amy Klobacher that Roe v. Wade was not a super precedent or a settled case that could not be overruled. Judge Barrett said that a case like Brown v. Board of Education, which bans segregation in schools, would be considered a super precedent because people consider it to be on that very small list of things so widely established and agreed upon by everyone. Calls for its overruling simply don't exist. But the questions about Roe is what led her to conclude that Roe was not a case that could be that could not be over, overturned. I'm answering a lot of questions about Roe which I think indicates that Roe doesn't fall into that category. Judge Barrett pointed to Harvard Law Professor Richard Fallon, who argued Roe v. Wade is not a super precedent, super precedent sorry, because calls for its overruling have never ceased. That doesn't mean that Roe should be overruled, the circuit court judge said. 
It just means that it doesn't fall in the small handful of cases like Marbury v. Madison and Brown and Brown v. Board Brown v. Board that no questions that no one questions anymore. <clears throat> Excuse me one second while I take a sip. Now, of course, brought this up earlier, but this may touch on things a little bit more. The sixth item was when Senator Hirono asked Judge Barrett if she's ever assaulted any, anyone, hits Judge for using using term sexual preference. Now, Senator Hirono opened her questioning time by blasting the Senate for choosing to move forward with confirmation hearings instead of working on coronavirus relief. Then she asked the judge if she had ever assaulted anyone. Now, of course, Hirono said, since you became a legal adult, have you ever made unwanted requests for sexual favors? And I have to sneak, sneak. Oh, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, uh, my allergies are kicking in and sneezing fits was not what I needed. All right, let me try this again. Have you ever made unwanted requests for sexual favors or committed any physical or verbal harassment or assault of a sexual nature? Now, Barrett said no to the senator. Have you ever faced discipline or entered into a settlement related to this kind of conduct? Judge Barrett, no, Senator. After that, Hirono said that the LGBTQ community had a right to be concerned after Barrett promised not to discriminate on sexual preference. Hirono said sexual preference is an offensive and outdated term. It is used by anti-LGBTQ activists to suggest that sexual orientation is a choice. It is not. This is, what, this is according to Senator Hirono. She went on to say, the LGBTQ community should be rightly concerned whether you would uphold their constitutional right to marry. Later, Senator Cory Booker, Democrat from New Jersey, asked Barrett about her use of the term again. Judge Barrett said, in using that word, I did not mean to imply that it is not an immutable characteristic or that, it is, or that it's solely a preference. I fully respect the rights of the LGBTQ community. Obergefell was an important precedent of the court. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right or not, but um, tried. So Senator Hirono, Senator Booker, and Senator Klobacher, like so many of the Democrats yesterday and today, uh, went completely stupid. And I think the, the worst of this... Uh, had to do with the, sexual, the, the question of sexual assault on the part of Hirono, questioning her uh, on Roe v. Wade, 
Um, and I and I I think that uh, citing the Ginsburg rule as it's become to know as people have come to know it as in uh, declining to give her opinion on hypothetical cases was quite well done. Uh, but when Ranking Member Feinstein, <clears throat> excuse me, asked uh, the judge if she agrees with the late Justice Antonin Scalia's view that the Constitution does not guarantee a right to gay marriage, her answer was quite spot on, given the way they were, the Democrats were grilling her. When she said, I'm not going to express a view on whether I agree or disagree with Justice Scalia for the same reasons that I've been, that I've been, that I've been giving. Now, Judge Barrett said Justice Ginsburg, with her characteristic pithiness, used this to describe how a nominee should comport herself at a hearing. No hints, no previews, no forecasts. That has been the practice of nominees before her. But everyone calls it the Ginsburg rule because she stated it so concisely and it's been the practice of every nominee since. So this this Seventh Circuit Court judge truly put the Democrats in in their place. They they didn't they weren't sure quite how to handle her with their questions. So before they went to questions, of course, as I said, they kept, say, kept talking about what they should that they should be doing something about the coronavirus relief and so on like that, and they shouldn't be do, dealing with this right now. And you know what? When um, uh, I forget which senator said it off the top of my head, but when one of the senators expressed that. Um, and I think it was uh, Hirono who said this, that as to what the Senate's job is and what they should be doing and so forth, the Senate's job is to conduct these hearings for for a Supreme Court nomination. They're doing their job, okay? If Speaker Pelosi would just shut her fucking drunk-ass mouth and got you know, and, and and agreed to to a to a stimulus package. There's one being offered at, with 1.8 trillion dollars that would suit her needs perfectly, but she's not budging. So it is Nancy Pelosi who's dragging the fucking heels on this, not the Senate. So these Democrat senators. They just used today, yesterday's hearing and today's hearing as a bully pulpit and to try and get things stopped, which obviously is not the case. So, Gunslinger, you heard all of these, these six uh, key moments from this uh, confirmation with some of these uh, senators. What say you? Well, there's a lot. Of, there, was, there was a lot of key moments there, no doubt. Um, I again, you know, picking her brain, pick, 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 trying to find something that they can 
make her look bad. That's what they that's what they want. That's what they did with Kavanaugh, didn't they? Hell, for that matter, that's what they did with President Trump in twenty well, when was it? A couple of years ago, whatever. You know, when they was trying to find everything that they could find on that man, Trump and Kavanaugh. And they're gonna be trying everything that they could try to find this one. Okay? Because that's what they do. Instead of doing things for the right of the country and for making things right, they do the opposite thing. I mean, it's like it's like putting putting a fucking fire out with gasoline. How does that work out for you? Hmm? Instead of using your using your your brain, saying, "Hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't use gasoline. Maybe water might work." Jeez, you think? These people don't think like that. They're completely screwball and opposite. Uh, it's just. Day is night, night's day, left is right, right's right. I mean, it's just upside down is right side up, backwards is forwards, forwards is backwards. Tell me which one it is. And that's what it comes down to. As far as the Democrats are concerned, if they tell you that standing up is sit, if they say standing up, you're sitting down, they expect you to believe that. If they tell you you're, when you're sitting down, you, you're actually standing up, they expect you to believe it. And it's like, these Democrats just don't get it. They don't understand. I don't think they ever will. We're not going to see the end of this constant barrage of personal attacks against our president and anyone uh, that he nominates for a court position or what have you until after he's out of office, which I hope doesn't happen for another four years. Now, to, to move on to another item here. Apparently, the CDC is under attack. They're under fire for flip-flopping on mask guidance. You heard me right, folks. According to One American News Network's uh, article on this subject, this for the use of face coverings to prevent infections. On Monday, political commentator and Gateway Pundit contributor Joe Hoft criticized the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention for recommending masks be worn in public settings. This came after a recently resurfaced study published by the CDC in September found a majority of cases, excuse me, a majority of case patients who tested positive for COVID-19 reported they often or always wore a cloth mask or face covering. Five days after the study, CDC Director Dr. Robert Redfeld insisted masks are a guaranteed way to protect an individual from the coronavirus. These face masks are the most important, powerful public health tool we have, he stated, and I will continue to appeal for all Americans, all individuals in our country, to embrace these face coverings. This is a complete 180 degrees from a statement he made back in February when he urged the general public against its use. There is no rule, there is, let me try that again, there is no role for these masks in the community. 
They need to be prioritized for healthcare professionals as a part of their job and taking care of individuals and or individuals that have this virus and are in home quarantine with those family members. Dr. Redfield previously stated, I would like to prioritize the usage that we recommend and get people to realize that that is where these masks need to be reserved. Mask mandates have become a polarizing topic with many Americans claiming they violate individual freedoms. Additionally, some have even suggested the guidelines are being created without much scientific basis to support them. I wish no way were here tonight. I truly do because uh, he would be able to verify what I'm about to say. Uh, he had told on this broadcast of someone who tested various types of face coverings and the test showed that after after a time, the parts per billion or parts per, parts per million or parts per billion of carbon dioxide, what we breathe out, we're breathing right back in again, wearing these masks. And that can have toxic effects on our bloodstream and our bodies in general, especially if they're worn far too long. That's why you see a lot of uh, places where they change their masks periodically. So um, this is really a, a surprise that, this, that the CDC's director would do such a 180-degree spin. Uh, Gunslinger, what are your thoughts on, on, on this uh, uh, on the, on this information. Well, you know, it, it, it makes sense, okay, because you know these masks, okay, okay, it's good to be cautious. I guess preventative is better than a cure. Joe thing goes, but you're dealing this 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 China bug, and this is exactly what it came from China. You're dealing with something that is so small it takes a microscope to see this damn little thing, okay? And unless you are in full-blown uh, hazmat uniform, breathing, you know, maybe scuba tanks on your back to, so you don't have to breathe the air, a mask is not going to stop something that fucking small, okay? Not your mask you're seeing that's, that people are wearing out there right now. Think about it. I mean, it's just look. Take your mask and just hold it up to the light. If you could see light through that motherfucker, don't you think that little bug could get through there too? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Okay. I mean, if you can't see no light at all, well, you might be in pretty good shape. You'll probably suffocate, but you'll probably be in pretty good shape. But if you can see light through that thing, a little bitty tiny thing that you can't even see with your eyes, it takes a it takes a sophisticated microscope see this thing you don't think it's going to get through that come on give me a break go ahead there has been a lot of um, a lot of uh, comments 
pro and con in regards to the use of masks. Um, I find that, and, and I just showed on camera while you were speaking, uh, a package of masks that I have here that are disposable. But I also have, and give me a second here, blasted. Keep fucking the damn trade. I got to take my headset off, so give me a second here. Now, what I'm about to show you are a couple of examples of these, uh, the type of masks that are uh, reusable. All right? For example, and I need to be able to see what I'm showing here. For example, there is the there is the reusable mask like this one here that I'm showing is a white mask, uh, fairly elastic on on the uh, on the on the parts that go over the ear, but these are these are the kind that can be washed in a washing machine, okay, and it is suggested it is strongly advised that you wash these daily. So even if you wash them out by hand, it's better than, you're, you're, it's, it's a good idea to do so. Another one that's also reusable, but a little more flimsy, is this type here. It, it feels like, almost like foam in a way, but it's, it, it's got a, a, a mesh interior or, like, or, or a very fine fiber, not fiber, but uh, fabric-like product. And this type can be washed in the washing machine as well. Uh, the earpieces are not as elastic, but they will fit over your face. Problem is with this type, which, you can, which I was able to obtain at the local store near my house, as well as this one here, which the, the white mask that I'm holding up on camera, which is also reusable, uh, it's a cloth mask. Now, this cloth mask, again, reusable. I got this one at Big Lots for three bucks. Now, the problem with, with this mask, and I'm going to show you, I'm going to take my, head, my headset off for a second. Let me show you something, folks. I'll do it with, I'll, first I'll put on the, um, the black mask that I was showing. So I have, to str I have to pull my ears down a little bit in order to get this ar fully around my ears. And there it fits over my face and it fits fairly decent. But when you have a beard, what happens is the bottom of the mask starts to slide up your chin, at which point you are, you know, you're still covered, but now the mask, if you notice, the, this right here under the eyes starts getting up into my eyes. So that is not very helpful at all. And one thing with that mask, the, the ones you can throw away, uh, which is uh, like the, com the, the common blue ones with the white string, these being disposable, you can use one, throw it away, right? 
Problem with these, same problem as with, with the reusable mask. The only thing is, with the disposable mask, the same problem happens with, with it going up your, your – if, if you have a slight beard, it slides up your face, but then you start – it starts going into your mouth, not under your, eye, your eyelids, under your eye sockets. Okay? The problem with, with the reusable white masks that I've seen, like the one I'm showing on camera, for those of you watching on the video platforms, okay, now watch carefully. Again, I have to pull it back, pull down my ears, adjust it. Well, now this sits nice and tight, but right here on the, on the, the part that covers my nose, there is a gap on either side of my nose, okay? There's an even worse one with the disposable masks. And if you're wearing glasses, okay, if you're wearing eyeglasses, they fog up quickly. And now with the winter cold starting to set in or getting ready to set in, it's going to be even worse, your glasses will fog up quickly. That's why when I go to the store, I don't have a mask on my face because I need to be able to see where I'm walking, number one. And number two, I don't put it on until I actually have to physically go into, into the establishment. Now, what happens is, again... And I don't have a disposable mask I can show you with. I'll just take one out of package. It's no big deal. So now, with these, again, if you're watching on the video platforms, it's easier to see what I'm talking about. But uh, anyone watch, listening on the, ra- on the Internet radio side can always go back and watch the video archives. Now, the strings on these stretch out further so I don't have to really bend my ears down. Now there's a flexible piece right in the top that goes over the nose and what you do is you pinch it to fit over the nose so it form fits to the nose. Again, there, it, it's, there is a, there's a gap in the top of, of the mask between, on either side of the nose. So what Gunslinger was saying about not not full protection, <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, but uh, Flycatch is watching by way of D Live, and he uh, he put up the following fra- statement with lots of exclamation points: "Mask diaper." I am not even touching that with a ten foot pole. Um. Again, if you're wearing glasses, it'll fog, your glasses will fog up. And with the wintertime, they'll fog up even worse. Do I think masks are a good idea? Quite frankly, I'm not sure of, any, of anything at this point. I'm really not because the way I see it is this. If I'm going into a hospital and I'm going to visit a friend in the hospital or a family member, 
yes, I'll wear a mask before I walk. I'll put the mask on before I walk in. Because, again, you're in a hospital, so you want to take every precaution. I've seen people, when I would go shopping, Gunslinger, wearing a mask and wearing latex gloves so that when they touch the stuff that's on the shelves, they're okay. And when they're touching the shopping cart, they're okay. But here's the thing, and something that most people don't realize. People that don't wear a mask or can't because of breathing issues, okay, if they're infected with coronavirus, whatever they're touching or breathing on in the stores, what are you going to do? You can't rinse off a box. It becomes soggy and useless, and it could ruin the product inside. Canned goods, yes, you can do that. Okay, and what I would, what I've, what I've been doing, is using antibacterial wipes on canned goods. Now, here's something that that I've been saying right along, and Flycatch just repeated this, and I'm glad I'm not the only one saying it. When you contract the flu, and by the way, I I, I thought I had the flu. Come to find out, it's just my allergies. And they were, my allergies were causing me to sneeze so much that I got exhausted. <clears throat> and I forgot to put my headphones on. So if Gunslinger was saying anything, I didn't hear him. <laughs> oh, real smart, George. Um, when you contract the flu, you know, the common flu virus, do you wear a mask? Hell no. You don't. And this is just another form of the flu virus. Now, that I disagree with. This is not anything like the flu virus, Flycatch. I'll tell you that right now. This is something that has been bioengineered. It was bioengineered in a lab, and, it got, and, they, let, and they released it. It didn't just get out. They released it. And who's they? The Chinese military under the control of the CCP. Dr. Li Mengyan even stated so. She's risking her life and the lives of her family to be in America where she talked about this. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this is not like the flu virus. Do I believe it's, it's the, the only reason people are dying? Hell no. Let me, let me refer you back to something, and I want to get Dunslinger's comments, to something that was mentioned a while back. Doctors were saying, and the videos got taken down by YouTube because it was contrary to the agenda of the left, basically. They were told, they were telling us how... Uh, they went, they would be working in the hospitals early in this pandemic, and they would be told by the hospital administrators, whatever they died from, they died from, from coronavirus. They died from COVID-19. If a person died of cancer, oh, no, they, they didn't die of cancer. They died from COVID-19. Oh, they died of a brain aneurysm? Nope, died of COVID-19. 
Died of a heart attack? Nope. Died of COVID-19. And they were encouraged to put on the death to lie on the death certificate. Especially if a person was not infected and had negative tests that showed they did not have the coronavirus. They were they were told put coronavirus on the death certificate. So a lot of these death numbers, over 200,000 of them, I question that number. I truly question that number to this day because of those statements by doctors and nurses who were told what they should put on the death certificates and so forth. Gunslinger? What do you think? Well, you know, even when the thing was going on full blast a few months ago, back in the spring or whatever, early spring, you know, I seen here on Facebook and on YouTube for that matter, there were regular people, regular people, okay, just like me and you, going around with their cell phones to these hospitals and these big tents that they have, they set up and all this shit. And it, it's probably still on Facebook, probably still on YouTube. Go look it up for yourself. And they clearly showed that there was nobody there, okay? There was no lines around the block. There was nobody falling over each other to get into these, you know, testing facilities. And they were just big, huge tents, okay? I mean, 10, 15 of them in a huge parking lot. Fucking thing was empty. The emergency room, fucking empty. The emergency room staff, no gloves, no no mask, no nothing. But yet this was supposed to be a super bug, okay? Something is something doesn't make sense there. If this was really, really and truly a super bug, Shit, there'd be hazmat teams on every fuck in every fucking uh, front door of every emergency room, uh, clean across this country, from coast to coast. If it was that bad, now I'm not saying it's not it's not bad, but if if it was that bad, for emergency people in there not wearing no mask, not no wearing no gloves, no gown, no face protection, and it shows it. I see it. I sat there watched it with my own two fucking eyes. Okay, so. You know, as the old saying goes, uh, what's up, Doc? Okay? With that. Okay? And all these people that are 200,000, you know, one is one too many. Okay? But again, I'm looking at the numbers. Numbers only. They just don't add up. Okay? Just like you said. Oh, well, uh, well, uh, uh, a big old bee came down there and bit him on his ass. Oh, he died of COVID. COVID. Oh, he died of COVID. Okay? Somebody goes up there and drops a hair dryer in a, in a bathtub and goes in there and reaches in there and gets it and gets electrocuted. Oh, she died of COVID. Got a little stiff, but she died of COVID. That kind of shit. And so I, I, the numbers are way beyond I think, what really the actual numbers are. Will we ever know? I don't know. Probably not. Okay. Uh, but I, logically looking at it, and I'm a numbers person because I'm a master electrician engineer and all that shit. I dealt with numbers, okay? You don't do, do electrical work and not deal with numbers, okay? I'm sorry. It doesn't work. So I know numbers, but numbers just don't add up. Right? 
No, they don't. Well, Gunslinger, finally tonight, I want to get to this uh, article that you posted earlier tonight in the in the Mixler chat room from <clears throat> LeoAffairs.com. That's LeoAffairs.com, as in law enforcement officers. Uh, the term Leo, that's what the, the acronym stands for. So LeoAffairs.com. Apparently, SWAT team leaves a standoff with an armed kidnapper to, quote-unquote, avoid unnecessary confrontation. What? (laughs) Something, there's something wrong with this fucking picture. Police in Aurora, Colorado, were ordered to fall back during an armed standoff with a dangerous criminal, a bizarre de-escalation attempt to prevent unnecessary confrontation. The Aurora Police Department, which received a boost in training and equipment following the dark night shooting that took place almost a decade ago, initially came to the conservatory area residents to look into a felony child abuse investigation. According to CBS Local, the SWAT team arrived with up armored with up armored vehicles and was prepared to siege the home if need be now after hours of negotiation why is there why am i missing something here i did miss something i'm sorry i thought it was a caption Aurora PD reported that Eric Burns, 39, had a valid misdemeanor, no bond DV, domestic violence warrant, out of Denver. Now, according to CBS Local, the SWAT team arrived with up-armored vehicles and was prepared to seize the home. After hours of negotiation, Burns released his six-year-old daughter shortly after multiple police units packed up after command units made a decision to vacate. We were pretty shocked, said local resident Jasmine Stats. We thought for sure they would have arrested someone. It's quite concerning they would do that. If someone's got a warrant out for their arrest, why wouldn't they have been arrested? The police have been unable to locate Burns since leaving the scene. The Aurora Police Department released a statement defending their move, claiming it was in response to protests around the country. Oh, brother. Members of of our community and across the nation have made it very clear that they want their police department to respond differently to some incidents, particularly when there is a possibility of using serious force against a subject, the statement went on to say. Avoiding unnecessary confrontations was now a top priority for the department. Sometimes this means walking away from a situation and utilizing investigative resources to apprehend persons at a later time. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> I got to say something about this because if I don't, I'm going. I swear, I'm going to hate myself for not having expressed my thoughts on this. You idiots in Aurora. You had the suspect in your grasp. He released his daughter. You should have moved in on him once you were safe. But instead, you didn't. And if I'm to understand this article correctly, you let the suspect get away. If that's the case, turn in your fucking badges, you stupid fucks, and especially the command staff. You don't send in officers and then pull them out because of, how do they put this? Members of our community and across the nation have made it very clear that they want their police department to respond differently to some incidents, particularly when there is a possibility of using serious force against a subject. Uh, Avoiding unnecessary confrontations was now a top priority for the department. Really? What if he decided to take a weapon and start shooting everyone in sight? Would you have let him get away then? Just because you back off doesn't mean the suspect is going to back off. You took a big risk. Yes, as I said, he released his daughter. But in the process, you let him, by all indications, you let him get away. To apprehend someone at a later time when you've got him right in your fucking grasp is the dumbest thing I have ever fucking heard in my life. This bullshit with with the nationwide riots and everything... The defund the police crap and all that has got to stop. If the police aren't going to do their job, or if you're not, and if mayors and governors aren't going to let them do their job, then stand back because if I go out on the, if the police aren't going to do their job and I have to step out there and do it for them, believe me, I won't be polite about it. I won't be nice about it. And I guarantee I won't be alone. I will get as many people that are concealed carry to be there with me. And I guarantee we will stop criminals in their tracks do everything necessary short of having to open fire. If the police can't handle it, the the people of this country who are law-abiding citizens eventually will say, enough's enough, fuck you, we're doing it ourselves. 
And that's when you have the OK Corral on every street in America. If that's what you want, liberals, you're going to get it. I've got that gut feeling. Go ahead, Gunn. <laughs> that is pretty bizarre, isn't it? Okay. You have an deranged subject. You have an armed subject. You have somebody that is possibly kidnapping, be it his daughter or whoever, it doesn't matter. It's kidnapping is kidnapping. And luckily, he releases his daughter. Okay? Now, if that was me or you, you'd have every goddamn cop busting through your fucking window. They'd be coming in the front door, the back door, the doggy door. They'd even be coming up through the goddamn shit pot and down the chimney like fat-ass Santa Claus to get your ass. Okay? What's wrong with these people? <laughs> I guess I guess we could all go out and do kidnapping now because obviously that's a way that's a place to go, so let's everybody go to, to that place right there, Colorado, because they don't do nothing when you kidnap somebody. How stupid can you get? These people this person is deranged, obviously. This person needs psychological evaluation. And when there's a gun involved, holy Toledo, take me for example. I wear a gun. I carry a gun. I've had to call the sheriff's department out here on multiple occasions on different things. They don't send one person. Hell, they send about four of them. Okay? Of course, we're on good standings. Okay? But they still, they you know, when you respond to a person with a gun, you don't know that person from Jackass, from Jack Adam. Okay? You don't know whether he's the nicest motherfucker in the in the world, or is he of a deranged motherfucker in the world. When you're in law enforcement like that, you just don't know, unless he's your next door neighbor and you've known him for fucking forty years, maybe. But snap. So that's that's just stupid. I mean, I, I when I read that, I thought, huh? They just, well, well, let's go get coffee. Maybe we'll catch him later, and he hauls ass. About getting away with uh, with criminality. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, tell me about it. Very quickly, uh, Flycatch said in the chat room uh, on D Live, George Tucker Carlson tonight did a report on a hundred people who came down with COVID nineteen. This is going back to the COVID nineteen story. Of the one hundred, this is the breakdown. 74 wore the mask all the time, 14 sometimes, and 8 never. Now, on this last story with with the suspect, the suspect was a black male who was also wanted for a prior felony warrant. Wow. So they let a uh, they want a, 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 a man get away because who's on who's got a felony warrant out on him because he's black. I don't give a flying rat's ass if the person's black, white, Hispanic, Asian, or pink with fucking purple polka dots. If they violated the law, they should be arrested and taken to jail. Especially if there's a warrant out for their arrest. This is intolerable. It really is. 
Well, before I close up shop tonight, and I do have to be ready in the morning for the third and what is possibly the final day of the hearings, uh, which will air on the video platforms of Firefox News Online starting at 8.55 a.m. Eastern Time. But I want to end with something that was posted on Facebook, a little humor to close the night with. One day a teacher was talking about marriage in class. Teacher, what kind of wife would you like, Johnny? Johnny? I would, I would want a wife like the moon. Teacher, wow, what a choice. Do you want her to be beautiful and calm like the moon? Johnny, no, I want her to arrive at night and disappear in the morning. I want to thank a friend of mine. I will not mention her name on the air, but a friend of mine on Facebook posted that, and I thought it was so cute that it was a good way to end tonight's broadcast. <laughs> Folks, this concludes tonight's broadcast of Firefox News Online. Um, depending on what time the hearings conclude tomorrow, uh, we will either start at our original start time of 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central, and 7 Pacific time, or we will start at a later time, at a one-hour later time of 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 Central, and 8 Pacific time. Check Facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. Again, that's Facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. And there you'll find the links to the broadcast. As always, for the comments I've made, that's the way it is from my perspective. I'm George Sinzer. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you in the morning for the confirmation hearings of Judge Amy Coney Barrett to become the next Supreme Court Justice of the United States. And, of course, later following that, depending on what time we start, as I said, We'll catch you on an abbreviated edition of Firefox News Online. The presidential debate was canceled, so this gives us a little more leeway. Until next time, y'all be good, and if you can't be good, be careful. If you can't be careful, please, for the love of God, do not name it after me. That's all I ask. Good night, America. Thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. Firefox News Online is a production of Firefox News Online Productions. Any rebroadcast, transcript, either in whole or in part, without the express written permission of Firefox News Online Productions and its owner, is expressly forbidden. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Send your comments to us by writing comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. Also, if you have any stories or topic ideas you'd like to share with us, send them to wereport at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's we report at FirefoxNewsOnline.com. And be sure to check Facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. That's Facebook.com slash FFNOIBN for the links to the live broadcasts of Firefox News Online on the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting. Use 
hashtag FFNLP. That's hashtag FFNLP to trend this broadcast and all Firefox News Online broadcasts globally on social media. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next edition. So let it be written. So let it be done.